And Mike, we are back for another edition of the Tiskin podcast. And we yes, are just sir. we are just rattling these things off left and right. Yep. And if you notice, my voice is a little bit uh, raspy here today uh, from being worn out yelling at folks trying to play uh, play some 40K this weekend. I was at the Alamo GT. We talked a little bit about this last week and uh, the list I was taking and kind of what I was expecting to see. Um, let me get one thing out of the way. There are a lot of freaking night players. In yeah, I expect so. <laughs> we had... A lot of nights, and uh, the tournament was actually really, really well well run. Uh, so hats off to the guys out in San Antonio, the Red Star guys. Um, they did a really, really good job just, you know, sticking to a schedule, having things run. Um, you know, you get the normal hiccups at the event, but they did a great mm-hmm. job just kind of running things. Um, the tables were pretty good. The, t- the terrain that was there was pretty good for the most part, but I think there were – um, you know, from what I understand, there were some late open, like they were able to get a hold of some additional tables to make room mm-hmm. for some more folks. Um, and as you, as you know, what's going on in the, the event and tournament area right now is that the attendance is so high at these events that the organizers are either having to expand and take on, take the risk to go to these bigger, more expensive venues and hope that, Hey, people, enough people sign up and come to it, that it'll pay for it. Uh, Or they kind of are stuck with, Hey, we've got our venue. We know what we can do. We don't think we can attract enough people to get to that next point, or they're just not ready to make that kind of jump yet. And, you know, you run into these situations kind of like in, in San Antonio where, um, they, they had room for about 90 or so people total, uh, and they were able to squeeze in uh, a few extra tables and we had a total attendance, I think of 87, if I recall correctly. So it was a good, uh, good showing. Um, but with that, I think what happened was, uh, some of the terrain had to be kind of, um, I guess, uh, uh, spread a little bit more thin across some of those tables so that some of the other ones had uh, terrain and um, that happened to hit me in one of my games where really there were only just some hills on the table and that was it and I was playing against an Eldar player with lots of wind riders and I think the only real reason that I ended up pulling that game out was just simply um you know, I jumped on the objectives. Uh, we were playing through it. Uh, there were multiple games that I was aware of, not just myself, but multiple games that only went maybe three three rounds or so, and that was it. Um, we got to the end. We probably could have talked that game a little bit further, but we were at the point where we had so many interactions early on in the game that it just ended up, uh, you know, just turning into a t- thing where the time just disappeared on us because there was just so much going on. So Yeah, that, and that can happen. Yeah, it happens. But at the end of the day, it was a, like I told him, it was a great game. And to me, I'm never upset. Like if the game doesn't go the full six rounds, that doesn't bother me if we can come to a conclusion where, hey, we feel like this is where the game is going or, yeah. um, you know, this is, you know, just kind of a natural, you know, look, this is just how much time we took and we got a good game out of it. So. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, so he was a good guy. Um, you know, he was a really good sport about it. I also played, uh, another Houston guy. Um, I have some audio notes that I took 
through those events uh, in my matchup. So I, I ended up playing um, Dark Eldar, Eldar with lots of Wind Riders, Eldar, Wind Riders, Seer Council. Um, I think he had uh, Warp Spiders as well, um, which were really annoying to deal with. Um, and then day two, I ended up facing Cadians and perhaps the top night player in the game at the moment for my last game, which I lost. So I'll have a special coming out uh, probably next week or so where I talk about my matches. And what I did was I just basically took uh, audio notes during my matches and what was happening. Uh, and that kind of will give you kind of an idea of like how those games were playing out, what was happening and how I pulled them out. So, yeah. Uh, but for the, for the event, for what it's worth, I ended up going four and one. I finished 14th out of, yeah, call it 90, 87, 90 people. Yeah. So it was, uh, probably my best showing that I've had. So, yeah. So it, you had a good time though. It actually, there was something that we were talking about that is very, um, I actually find it kind of surprising. Uh, Matthew Ali won it again. He did. Um, he did. yeah. With his, uh, 35 rubric marine list. Yeah. <laughs> well, kind of awesome to be frank. Uh, yeah. Did you uh, get a chance to see how he was effectively how it was playing? It was sort of the same thing he did up in Dallas, where he sort of used the terrain and the rubrics to just sort of control the table, or did we play a little more differently this time? Oh yeah, it was the same thing. I mean, he just he totally just like smited the crap, or you know, shot with his <laughs> rubrics or his uh, his Terminator sorcerers, and you know, he I think he fought knights. Um, I think he fought, uh, one of the other guys here from Houston, uh, in round two. And apparently, mm -hmm. uh, something happened where, um, the Zangors, I, from what I understand, he made two 11 inch charges with his Zangors in that game. Wow. And that pretty much like, that'll win you the game, I guess. Um, yeah. so, uh, that, that ended up being that. Um, but yeah, congratulations to Matthew Ali. He, uh, he, he won that game. Uh, he won all his games. Uh, another guy that kind of sticks out, uh, Sedano from uh, San Antonio. He took second place undefeated with Necrons. Wow. Uh, so apparently what he's doing is he was using a strategy where he brings these the three of the night sites. Um, okay. Or the, the flyers. I think they're called the night sites. Uh, night kind sites of like, are the uh, transports. Doom sites are the um, anti – well, they have the laser beams. Uh, okay, so they're, the sides are the – I just don't know Necrons at all. So the, they have yeah. – they look like crescent moons kind of like yeah. – Both of them look like crescent moons. Effectively, one's a transport, the other's an attack craft. Got it. So he brings three, and apparently they have a similar strategy as like the line breaker bombardment with Vindicator. Yes. Only they can use that with their flyers, and uh -huh. that's what makes that kind of useful is that they can move up and just put those wherever. And mm – -hmm. He faced uh, Dark Eldar. Uh, he beat, um, you know, hats off to him. He beat Nick Gower, who's a well-known, very good uh, Dark Eldar player uh, who run, who just likes to run lots and lots of Venoms. Mm -hmm. uh, and that ended up, I mean, if you bunch up your guys, uh, that happened to one of our guys, actually, who faced him. Uh, you bunch up your army, and uh, he'll drop that line breaker bombardment, essentially, on you, and there's mortal wounds going off everywhere. Yeah. Um, so that worked really good for him. And I guess in the night meta, quantum shielding again probably helped him out. Uh, I'm oh, yeah. sure more than once over the course of the tournament. And then he had a bunch of immortals out there, tomb blades, you know, some mm -hmm. some really good things. So 
Necrons did well. Uh, from from what I remember, there were also we're still seeing the Eldar flyers. Uh, although this was probably the last ride of Yanari, mm-hmm. um, and this probably is a good point to segue into something that I'm kind of worried about, Mike. And I know there's a lot of guys or players. I shouldn't say just guys, but players uh, that are excited about Chaos Knights. Yeah. But in some of my conversations with folks, I heard some very good points made, and I thought I would share a little bit um, because they made a lot of sense. So if you look at what we're seeing right now, uh, they pretty much nerfed the crap out of the Castellan. You still see the Castellan. There were plenty. I mean, Andrew Ford, uh, who I played on my last game, had a Castellan. They're still there. But a lot of the players have basically said, well, I can – move to the Crast Crusader model mm-hmm. uh, and get a lot of output. And uh, they, when you put those uh, knights into combat, you still have, what, 12 sweeping attacks doing D3 damage each? I mean, yeah, that's pretty ridiculous. Um, mm-hmm. So you look at that, and knights still pretty much have an answer for everything. Uh, and you've taken away now with Yanari, uh, I think it's a valid argument that they're making as much as Yanari is kind of a bane to Thousand Sons uh, and a lot of other armies because they can just shoot like like crazy. Uh, you've taken something that was kind of like its natural predator uh, off the table for knights. Yeah. And now you're seeing, uh, you're, I think, what you're seeing is a lot more volume of knights on the table, which is kind of like made the meta move even more like doubled down into the night meta. Um, <clears throat> which, so what's your thoughts on that, Mike? So to be fair, um, so I've been playing this game for a long time. And so I've seen sort of the meta shift as sort of time went by. So it used to be that Marines were the thing you had to be. So effectively, people brought one of three types of lists. You either brought Marines, which just sort of killed any everything else, things that killed Marines, or things that killed the things that killed Marines. Okay. So effectively, in the, obviously, this the the Marine in this equation changes uh, as the additions go by. So currently, Knights are very much in that sort of alpha status of effectively the meta is very focused around can you kill these things and so what's going to happen i think is you're going to see a bunch of night players and then obviously people who aren't playing knights are going to tailor their lists to beat the knights so you'll see things like for at eldar you'll see harlequin jet bikes for instance with their uh, all their haywire um you know, for guard, they won't change anything because they're still just as good at killing knights as they are killing everything else. Tal, same thing. But for everyone else, it's going, they're going to have to tailor their lists to sort of counter the current meta. And so what I'm interested to see is the, that third type of list. And because that's where sort of like where it works fit in as um, they can, obviously they can tailor to beat the night meta but that's not really where their strengths lie. I think that uh, the sort of close combat horde armies like orcs and nids um, are actually might see an upswing here if with the death of Inari. Um, well, mostly I'm, because so of how they... Know, Mike, because mm-hmm. 
if you if you look at the amount of attacks that the knights get and the fact yep. that they can fall back and charge mm-hmm. as well, um, they pretty much have the ability. Like, if you want to bring lots of lots of bodies and orcs, great. I'm gonna run out and I'm gonna yep. stomp into you and mm-hmm. take your take your boys out. And if I'm still surviving afterwards, I'll step back, let everything shoot at you, step right back into combat again. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not saying that orcs are good against knights. Quite the opposite, actually. Oh, okay. All right. What I'm going to see is happening is that because knights are the current dominant meta, the eventually what's going to happen is those armies that are good at killing knights are going to effectively flood the meta. Um, because people are going to have want to be able to deal with them effectively, and so that's when you can see these sort of weird army lists sneak through. It's like um, back in seventh edition. Do you remember Elector Shame? Uh, I don't recall. No. Okay, so there used to be a, a li- so Tyranids were garbage in seventh edition. They just they didn't have support. They couldn't keep up with any of the other armies, and Eldar were the dominant army for seventh, like overwhelmingly so. And uh, people who played lots of tournaments or at least were in the tournament meta back then will remember there was a list that somebody took to a famous GT. I don't remember which one it was called Lichtershain. Literally the entire purpose of the list was to completely dunk on Eldar. And it, okay. and that's exactly what it did. It showed up to a tournament and guy won a GT with this janky, stupid list that should not have worked. Because he knew what the meta was, he knew Eldar were the counter meta to that, and so because the Eldar counter meta was so prevalent, he brought a list to specifically screw that meta, and it worked great. Um, and then people tried to copy him, and they couldn't, because the effectively one it required a skilled player, but two the meta shifted because of that list. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, effectively, while there is a single hyper-dominant army, you can see those weird outliers there. And that's sure. what I look forward to seeing. So, so, I will admit that the Knight meta has disencouraged me from playing my Chaos Space Marines currently. <laughs> well, well, good news, Mike. So, soon you're going to be able to, you know, bring Chaos Knights, right? And mm-hmm. I guess... I guess where a lot of people from what I was hearing are worried is that the best counter right now that people are coming up with, like off, you know, I'm sure there's better counters out there, but the best counter they're coming up with right now is just that um, to counter knights, you're going to bring more knights. So, okay. I see your Castellan. I raise you our version of, you know, the renegade Castellan. Um, yeah. And, you know, we have our version of the Loyal 32 or the Disloyal 32 and mm-hmm. got Red Corsair. You're basically going to do Red Corsairs with, you know, whatever knights show up and, you know, you just go to town and run this very similar list. Um, yeah. And and the worry is that if a lot of the Chaos players with how much good stuff is out there right now with Chaos, uh-huh. um, which it's, guys, it's really, really good. The, dis, the Lord's dis, Lord Discordance, the chain havocs, chain reaper cannon havocs, uh, the chain lord uh, combination in Black Legion, where the dude can put out lots of mortal wounds. Uh, all these things are working very, very effectively right now in the meta. Um, 
And now you're going to throw some knights in there, which, you know, your chaos player, who's like, well, what do I want to do? Do I want to bring three knights that I can sit back here and shoot methodically with? Or do I want to bring 90 models that I have to move and bring a chess clock or have people throw chess clocks on me and, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of stuff and, and be worried about playing to the end of the game. And it's kind of like, no, I'm going with the knights. I'm taking those knights because I can, <laughs> it's three models. I'm not worried about it. Yeah. Um, I mean, to be completely frank, uh, that is a, a concern, especially because of uh, something that you've discussed previously on uh, some Reddit threads is the fact that Chaos doesn't get Death to the False Emperor against Chaos Knights. Exactly. Um, and so in some ways, the Chaos Knights are even better than normal Knights because we don't get bonuses against them. So chaos uh, taking chaos to counter chaos. Yeah. Though <laughs> one interesting it's just thing is planned. Yep. The one interesting thing about that though is that uh the, the Renegade Knights will be subject to Relic of Lascadia. Um and so that could see some counterplay there. Not that you don't already see the relic everywhere, but sure. You know, yeah, I could see I could see that happening. So it would be you know, knights being the best army at the moment, and your counter to that is, let's just, I mean, for the sake of the discussion we're having, the, the counter we're talking to that is chaos knights, and then the counter to the counter is cadence. Right? <laughs> what a meta. Much. Now, yeah. we uh, we saw a top table, actually, at, um, at San Antonio was, ironically, cadence, uh, with knights, uh, it was three tank commanders, and I think he mm -hmm. had three knights, uh, two or three knights, or possibly two, two crass crusaders, something like mm -hmm. that. But um, he took, uh, I think it was either Valhallen or Vestroyan tank commanders, um, mm -hmm. and uh, he was doing very well. So there's that. There's yep. that matter. So aside from that, you know. Tournament-wise and meta-wise, there were actually a lot of tournaments. Um, this coming weekend, I've got the uh, Bay Area Open coming up that I'm going to be flying out to. Uh, so about around the time that this is uh, posting out there to the community, uh, I will be on my way there. And I'm going to be doing something very similar to what I did at uh, Alamo. I will be taking some audio notes and just kind of keeping track of uh, what's happening during the game so you guys can kind of get in the head of, you know, playing Thousand Suns competitively and kind of see me make lots of mistakes and maybe help you not make those same mistakes. So, yeah. Um, one thing I will say, if I have to admit some of my stupidity, um, <laughs> <laughs> I played this whole tournament with two big, big blunders. One if you remember the list I had before where I had the Lord of Change and the Bloodthirster and they were souped together. Were you forgetting your Locus? I did. The I was wondering about that. freaking tournament, I forgot about it. <laughs> and it wasn't until it was over and I was thinking... So basically, to give you guys just a little bit of context, my game with Andrew Ford was essentially his uh, knight... Um, I think it was the Valiant coming out basically stomping one squad of Zangors off the map, shoot his Crusader blasting the other squad of Zangors off the map. I failed charges too, that happened. Um, the Castellan pretty much just annihilating my bird off the table. And then my rocket launchers from my uh, Space Marine squads, unable, 
unable to kill a single tank commander in three rounds of shooting. So that's like nine crack missiles into that son of a bitch. Wow, that's and it awful. did not die. Yeah. Um, so, so anyways, uh, he, he did, I mean, he just methodically picked me apart in that game. Uh, but had I remembered my Loki, would it have made a difference against like the Zangors? No, but against the Lord Discordance, possibly because I had the changeling running around with them and that would have given them the, the Loki might've helped a little bit when they got into combat with and got stopped. Um, and I forgot about the minus one to hit aura on the Lord Discordance as well. <laughs> so on one hand, I felt very, very dumb afterwards, just realizing, oh my goodness, I just did not know my, my uh, uh, rules well enough on those guys. And then on the flip side, I, I went four and one, not knowing my rules very well with those guys. So it kind of, considering I'm taking the same list up uh, to Bay Area Open, uh, I'm not feeling too bad about it. So... Hopefully I'll be able to repeat some of the success. That's good. Yeah, I am making a couple tweaks though. I am I'm taking the changeling out of there, uh, and I'm going to replace him with a flux master, uh, just because I I realized that if if my guys get into combat with a knight, uh, their their base attacks are strength eight uh, to start with, uh, like the main the 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 lord's glaive or whatever. Uh, yeah. But if I take a flux master who can make some strength nine, make some strength nine, and now I'm wounded on threes. So. Uh, that will kind of help that efficiency a little bit better. Yeah, definitely. So other than that, um, you know, considering it's a night meta, uh, I'm probably going to take the crack missiles out and apply the same logic there and uh, go with last cannons just because I can death hex a knight and shoot it with last cannons and get those yeah. and wound on threes. And that I think is probably a little bit better than, um, you know, wounding on fours. So mm-hmm. I'll get a little bit more through. So other than that, um, oh, I am dropping one small squad of Zangors. Um, they did absolutely nothing. Uh, part of that was my fault. I didn't really use them for very much more than just screening. And I realized if I'm going to do that, let's just take some rubric Marines. And on top of that, I think it's required to use rubric Marines to win in this meta. So <laughs> glad you got that one. <laughs> All right. So anyways, there's been, um, there's been some questions lately. Mike, some folks, I think for new Thousand Suns players, one thing that's tough for them to deal with is just what we were just talking about, and that is armor. How Mm -hmm. do you deal with it? Well, um, so I guess it depends on the list, but for Thousand Suns in particular, uh, the go-to way to deal with high toughness targets is just to smite them or psychic powers. Uh, Unfortunately... The uh, Thousand Suns don't have a ton of great, I guess, anti-armor shooting options. Uh, you can take a Predator, but uh, that's a little expensive. Contemptor, same story. And the, How about a Land Raider? Oh, God. It's not talk about Land Raiders. Uh, we, we spent enough time dreaming about how Land Raiders could be good in a previous uh, Tizkin podcast. And uh, unfortunately... Yeah, Magnus has not yet seen fit to requisition us with uh, soul flamers or any other manner of cool toys for our land raiders. I mean, to be fair, the only things you can take on them are the last cannons. So (laughs) it is the one time where you might be able to say, hey, you know what? 
I could use a land raider here. It was four. Is it four or eight it's last cannons? Four last cannons. Four the last world's cannons. The world's most. You're paying 75 points a last cannon, effectively. That's so bad. No, thank you. No, not doing it. <laughs> um, so then, obviously, after uh, you take psychic powers into account, which the problem with that is most of the time your opponent will try to screen versus your psychic powers. Um, versus toughness, seven targets, um, just shoot them with bolters. Uh, Veterans Long War allows you to wound on fours. AP minus two is as good as a missile launcher. And uh, plink some wounds off that way. And uh, one other thing that I guess is a little underappreciated is the fact that every psyker in the Thousand Sons Army has a uh, sword or staff or any number of force weapon that does a D3 damage. And so um, worse comes to worse. Um, you can use your force sta- weapons to uh, plink a few more extra wounds off. So if I'm hearing you right, the... <laughs> The, the difficulty that you typically face, I would think that something like Guard or Space Marines are the big things that come mm-hmm. up because they're not typically going to leave their vehicles on the front line. They're going to be in the back line. Yep. And so you're going to be looking at it going, well, how am I going to get to that back line? And that's, I mean, to be fair, that is a tough nut to crack. Um, another yep. couple strategies that I've seen, um, you can work on clearing the screens. You can also kind of lure players into exposing themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you think about it, they have their, they have their screening units that are up there in front. A lot of times you'll see this if they, um, in ITC missions, for example, um, you might take a mission where it's like, uh, or a secondary called recon. And what recon gives you a point every turn for is if you're able to have a unit in every quarter of the map. So basically you just divide the map up in quarters. As long as you have a unit toe in to any quarter you can take that, you can get a point. Yeah. What you, what happens with that is if you look at it, the key to that secondary is if you go to the middle of the board, I can tow into any of the quarters that I need very, mm-hmm. very easily without, without much movement. So someone who takes recon is basically telling you, Hey, I'm not going to sit in the corner unless I box you in and I make you sit in the corner. Um, so if you know they're going to do that, one thing you can do is you can say, well, you know what? I'm going to um, deep strike maybe a blob or two of Zangors. Or you can dark matter crystal if you're going to be on, if you're the one going second and you automatically see them move up or they're deployed in a way where you think, hey, right now, if I jump my Zangors over into this spot, I can charge the tank. Um, I did this at Arkansas where um, the Cadian player had a couple tank commanders and sometimes dealing with the armor is not much more than just knowing what their weakness is. And the, one of the weaknesses yeah. of tank commanders or Lehman Russes is they can't fall back and shoot. Yep. So it, all you got to do is get in there and tag them. That's it. And they fall back. Well, great. They're only hitting you on sixes charging into combat. You're not mm-hmm. going to lose maybe more than one or two guys on Overwatch. So you send your Zangors in and just eat them up, and now you've taken those things out of the game. They yeah. fall back? Great. I'm charging again. Which I'm is right why back. you need knife-fighting Russes with their three heavy flamers. <laughs> Never <laughs> get charged again. <laughs> that is a different question, but you're taking away. Doing yep. that, you're taking away from the other options that would be offensively hitting you. And if they have those <laughs> flamers, then I'm not too worried about it. Which is why nobody does that. Um. The other thing you can do is there are psychic powers um, that are targetable. 
Uh, so you can use things like Infernal Gaze, Zinch's Firestorm, Doombolt. Um, Doombolt actually works really good uh, if you're looking at things like uh, Knights. Uh, you want to slow Knight movement down, Doombolt those Knights. Uh, don't yeah. use it for the damage. Use it for the fact that they can't move uh, or they, they can't advance and you have their movement. And that really uh, puts a, puts a uh, damper on what they can actually do. Um, the other thing you can do is, like you were saying with Veterans of Long War, um, sometimes that is not a bad option. And even uh, Jim Vessel, uh, one of the things he does, or I've heard him say he does, is he'll even use Veterans on like his Terminator Sorcerer with four mm-hmm. shots. He's hitting on twos. And if you're nearby Aramon, you're re-rolling ones. So now you've got the ability to, you know, wound at least on a five against, against a vehicle. So, yeah. And most importantly, and this is something to take away from uh, Ali's list is ignore them. Yeah. So effectively the idea here is that if you don't have a ideal option to deal with the vehicle in question, just play your own game, take your objectives, do whatever you need to do to effectively earn more points. And while also trying to protect yourself from being blapped off the table. Um, that's one of those things where like, for instance, the night meta, if you have an issues with knights, just get on the second levels of ruins and get inside your magic box, do something, but you don't actually have to, you know, calmly walk towards the impending doom. If you mm-hmm. have another option. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, uh, you can, you can hide yourself too in terrain, maybe just mm-hmm. kind of putting a unit that, you know, knights can't charge through uh walls yep. and vehicles also can't hit through well they can hit through walls if you're right up against the wall so all you do is you keep yeah. yourself back a little bit so they can't get within one uh of the of the wall from the wall so that makes it so they'd have to go around the whole thing which means you really just have to worry about the shooting pace at that point and taking them out of line of sight can can do wonders for you um, yeah. hiding in ruins. This is, this is, I think where a lot of the complaints from folks who um, argue for the terrain, which, which I tend to do. And I, I tend to see the the logic behind games workshop when they've said, Hey, one of the things you need to do is just put more terrain on your tables. That's their recommendation. Yeah. And I, I tend to agree with that because that's the kind of thing that you can, that has been thought of in a lot of the rule design or the point design with a lot of these armies. And so if you don't have anywhere to hide and it's just, it's basically just a shooting gallery at that point. And sometimes mm-hmm. you just have to recognize when it's, it's not a winnable situation that you're in. Yeah. So uh, the other thing you can do is just seize. <laughs> <laughs> roll you want to win the game just just roll good yeah yeah <laughs> wasn't there some like pseudo famous dark elder players like who, who was asked like what if you don't roll a nine it's like well, i'm just gonna roll a nine for his charges <laughs> yeah i think it was a sean naden i heard that yeah said that. yeah i think that's who said it yep so see you just need to pray to zinch really hard yeah <laughs> and uh roll nothing but sixes and sevens yeah I guess um, I guess there's some forge world options you could also look into. Like if you really want to double down on shooting, to me personally, right now I'd go chaos yeah. um, with havocs or something like that. They they just they have so many good rules. The devastation battery is like perfect for it. You mm-hmm. you got to soup in options like that. If you just want to stick with thousand suns, 
you could explore the fact that you can take las cannons i think on your contemptors now las cannon batteries with them uh mm-hmm. and then on your deradio i think you can take a las cannon battery so kind of for the options that are available on forge world for those um they're relatively inexpensive for what you get um they hit good uh they shoot good uh they're easy to buff so you know those guys can work pretty good for you um i think even the uh the c beams on them event like even with like is it 48 inches you're now wounding knights on on threes if i remember yep. right mm-hmm. so, those kind of options are still there that's kind of why you see do you see the c beam in in some lists um if you re- if you really want to get intense i mean you could just go take you know like a fell blade or um you know uh what is it the laser destroyer the vindicator laser destroyer um you know some of those things that just have these like ridiculous guns to annihilate vehicles so or you just have to have a way to get through that involve which we do so death hex works pretty good yeah Mm -hmm. you heard me talk about it earlier actually you could death hex and just bring a smattering of some las cannons on whatever you like and and that works or you could take magnus Magnus, yeah. Mm-hmm. Although I guess the what you're going to find, yeah. So Magnus will work in that situation really, really well um, because he likes low volume, high, high AP. Because mm-hmm. you buff Magnus, you make him hard to hit, and then you you know you make it so that he can just kind of take those kinds of shots. Uh, for example, yeah. my Lord of Change is the same, same exact mo. He took seven volcano lance shots, uh, or six, sorry, six volcano lance shots that wounded all in one turn, uh, just to the face, saved them all. Um, command pointed the last one that I failed. And it was just kind of like, all right, what else you got? You know? Yeah. And that's what those guys are there to do. What they don't like is 90, 90 boys, 90 slugger boys. You know, all right, uh, make, <laughs> make 80 saves. Oh, guess what? You didn't. <laughs> yeah. So... That's kind of the that and the fact that Magnus only has a four up invuln also makes him a little weaker than the Lord of Change. That's the difference between that four up, three up, um, and he's taking that full damage and he's just a monster target. Like everybody sees Magnus and it's like, all right, well, plan one, kill Magnus. Plan two, I win. You know, and and that's kind of what sucks about running Magnus right now is you put yourself in that you put yourself in that spot where that's <laughs> that's the downside to my list. If Magnus dies, I'd better have a plan B. Yeah. Do I have enough points for a plan B? I don't know. No, probably not. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you could use Magnus. Um, some of the demons work pretty good too. Uh, again, you could summon things like, um, uh, exalted flamers basically are like las cannons for the most part. Yeah. um, I don't know. What else? Uh, Bloodletters. Although you can't summon Bloodletters, you could bring a detachment of Bloodletters. They'll they'll kill anything, actually. Let's see. Um, <clears throat> demon Princes. <laughs> get your Demon Princes okay. in. Yep. I have a fun option for you. Something that people might not think of if you want to be, you know, ballsy. Uh, so this will require that you already have a change caster, but 20 pink horrors with flickering fire. Yeah. Yeah, that would do it. Fours versus anything that's not toughness 10. 
<laughs> yeah, that'll uh, that'll do it. That'll do a lot of wounds. I mean, you still got to kind of roll good. I mean, well, yeah, but, I mean, if we're just spitballing here, that's not that's a nice cheap option. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, um, do not take. Hey, how about we do this? What do you not do? Uh, well, let's see. You don't charge your Zangors out of night. Uh, nope. That'll that'll go poorly for you. <laughs> That's gone very poorly like, for me. Even Many if times. even if you kill the knight, it's probably going to blow up, and you're going to lose some more Zangors. Even if you use veterans of the long war, you're not going to do as much as you think you're going to do. Yep. Even if it's a character and you're re-rolling hits, yeah, you're still not going to do as much as you think you're going to do. <laughs> hey, I got I got one for you. Don't take a vindicator. Yes, do not take a vindicator. Um, that is a bad bad life choice. Don't take a land raider. Also a bad life choice. In fact, don't even take a forge fiend. Still a bad life choice. Mauler fiend. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah, give the Mauler fiend to pass. Yeah, yeah. Mauler fiend could do some work. Yeah. Um, do not charge your terminators at that vehicle. <laughs> uh, that, that will probably not go very well for you. Yep. Hey, uh, uh, you probably don't want to charge any of your characters, Adam. Yeah. Death grip. Yeah. Oh man. Uh, so really, what we're telling you is that playing against vehicles of style, well, knights in particular, styles and zones can potentially suck. So yeah. outmaneuver them. So bring sp- lots of rubric marines and, and just hide them. and smite them. Yes. Yep. <laughs> oh man, that's a depressing topic. Let's uh, let's, let's try is. moving on to something a little more uh, lighthearted. So David. Yeah. Did you know that Sly Marbo once threw a grenade and killed five orcs? And then the grenade exploded. <laughs> Thank you, GW, for that little tidbit. Made my day. Oh, man. That is phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what to say to that. That's, that's what, pretty awesome, actually. What more need be said? Uh, this is too. This is too positive. I have to. I have to take us back to depression. All right. I have to ask you: Can demon princes take warp bolters? Or so, each demon princes take warp bolters. Based off of the most recent thing from Games Workshop, um, which I believe is part of the big FAQ, uh, I would argue yes, um, because they're now saying that. Every demon prince, regardless of the name of the data sheet, is just a demon prince. Uh, for purposes of rules of three, then um, I would argue that yes, you could take war bolters. I mean, I don't. The war bolter is a good upgrade. However, I don't think anyone's going to argue that it's like overpowered or anything. Right. Right. I think it's kind of one of those things where it's you know, if you really feel that strong about it, just don't do it yourself. Yeah. Uh, but I think you're going to still see that there's a lot of folks that on the other side of it feel the same way. And in a lot of tournaments, I don't think it's something that people are going to really argue all that much about. Um, yeah. You know, so like it's, it's a good upgrade. I mean, it's not, it's not like a moot, like a, like a irrelevant argument. I mean, mm-hmm. there is a little bit of something here to, to, to say, but the, I would say oh. devil's advocate says that, um, 
the fact that it's rules of three doesn't, doesn't mean that it is for the purposes of list design with being able to use war gear from the index. Yeah. So my, here's the other thing, I guess, if I, the other side of my argument though. So the warp bolter used to be an option for every demon prince. Um, there is a model for demon princes with a warp bolter. Uh, and much like many options that used to exist, the current model does not have had that option, which is why the current data sheet does not have the option for a warp bolter. So it's like Eldar, tons of their options that they used to have are gone because their models don't represent it. Um, and so I would argue that if you are going to put a warp bolter on your demon prince, I damn well better see a warp bolter modeled on that demon prince. Unless you can convince me that he is somehow squeezing flaming hot warp bolts out of his, some bodily orifice. Um, that would not sit well with me, okay. at least personally. That's a, that's a fair argument. Um, what do you do? What do you do with like the familiar with terminators? Is it the same deal? I well, the, the, again, the, uh, the chaos, uh, Terminator Lord and Chaos Terminator Sorcerer kit comes with familiar that you're supposed to put on the base. Um, both of my Terminator Sorcerers have it modeled, and so it's okay. fine. They also there there are tons of options for familiars uh, from Age of Sigmar, um, from just various. You could put a blue horror on your base, and that's your Chaos familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. It, it's such an easy thing that I don't see why somebody who's going to say that why well, I have the Chaos familiar that you don't just indicate it uh, now granted there are no more like what you see is what you get at tournaments really because you see all sorts of weird conversions now for especially like demon princes people using yeah. more gasts or just some dude on a blue fly are the two that come to mind uh, that granted, yeah, it, can be Sorry. nice but I, i'd like to at least put see some effort put into it yeah I, I would agree with that. I would say that if you're, if you're really going to be a stickler on it, at least on a, if you do believe in it, at least go to the go to the mile to to put a warp bolter on there or familiar on there. Or something. Mm-hmm. That blue horror is actually a really good idea. I thought a brimstone might work too. Yeah, no, I mean, it, as long as it's marked, I don't think anyone would complain because it's an easy conversion to do. Yeah. Well. That is probably going to do it for us here. Uh, yep. That was a uh, uh, eventful weekend, and we've got another eventful weekend. Uh, so next week we'll probably be catching back up and getting you guys uh, some feedback from what happened at BAO. Yeah. Also, um, if anyone is interested in going to the um, Warzone Houston in July, the tickets for that are up. I purchased yes. mine today. So, and where are those available? Or do um, Google? I just Warzone googled Houston? it. Yeah, Google Warzone Houston. There it is. All right. Well, that's there's that, and I think the other good news is that it's relatively like if you are thinking about coming in from out of town, it's relatively easy to get to from the airport. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it's on the west side of the city. Uh, yep. So you'll probably you could probably just uh, it's at a I think if I remember right it's at a Wyndham. Yes. And there's plenty of food right there in the area. And so you can, you can basically, you can either Uber from the airport straight there, or I, I think they probably have an airport shuttle. 
And if not, you can even rent a car. Um, it's actually really easy to get around Houston. Um, and it's really easy to get to the airport from there. You don't have to deal with going through downtown or anything like that. So it's, uh, mm -hmm. you know, kind of a very easy tournament to attend, uh, considering Houston, you can fly in from, you know, any, any number of areas in the country. So mm -hmm. if you're thinking about coming, it's a good tournament. Uh, it's at a great venue. Um, a lot of folks here, they have a lot of fun and, uh, it is a rubric Marine meta. So just so you guys know, <laughs> rubric Marines right now are two and O in the Texas circuit. So, yes, sir. Yeah. All so right, with that, Magnus did nothing wrong. I, I think. Yeah, no, Magnus did nothing wrong. He is currently yeah. observing my drying bookshelves, getting high uh, on warp dust, do, doing nothing wrong. Watching the, watch, watching wrong. the bookshelves. Yep. Yep. All right, guys. Till next time. Yep.